Hello, hello. You're listening to the When in Spain podcast. It's Paul here again with another episode. Thank you for joining me wherever you are. If you're a long-term listener, thank you for staying with the podcast. And if you're new to the show, well, I'm glad you found us. And I hope you find this podcast interesting, entertaining and informative all about Spain, Spanish life, culture, anything and everything to do with Spain. And this episode is absolutely no exception. I'm going to be whisking us off to the little town of Chinchon. Anyone heard of Chinchon? Tiny little town of around 5,000 people, about 50 kilometers southeast of Madrid. Beautiful place, famous for its festivals and its really beautiful Plaza Mayor, which I'll be uh, sitting and sipping a glass of anise liqueur in in the episode. And you'll hear all about the history behind that as well. It's a perfect day trip from Madrid. And um, well, over the coming months, that's what I'm going to be doing. As I have no plans to travel further afield from Madrid, I thought I'd bring you some little episodes about perfect day trips from Madrid. And uh, you may remember, listeners, that in the last episode, I took us off to Aranjuez, the royal city of Aranjuez, which again is a really easy day trip to make from the Spanish capital. So every couple of weeks, I'll be taking us off on a little wander around these little places on the outside of Madrid, which are worth visiting. So coming up, all the things that you love, background sounds, I'll be sitting in the Plaza Mayor, wandering the back streets, looking at the churches, exploring the history, and some interesting uh, little anecdotes about Chinchon. I'd never been before, so uh, as I walked around recording this episode, it was my first visit, and uh, I have to say, I was really, really taken with Chinchon. Interesting connection with the Spanish artist Goya, um, and the square in Chinchon was actually the scene of uh, a few films that were shot. Think John Wayne and Westerns. I'll talk all about that when we get into the episode. But before we do get into the episode, I'd just like to say a big thank you to brand new When in Spain patrons who are Richard Carter and Peter Herm. So Richard and Peter, really, really thank you to you two for deciding to support the podcast by making small monthly donations. Uh, it really makes a big difference. If anyone else enjoys this show and would like to show a little bit of financial support to help it keep going and growing and to help cover my time and costs of putting it together and bringing it to you, as I always say, you can do it really easily over at patreon.com forward slash when in Spain. Crowdfunding website, patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash when in Spain. One more little announcement I'd like to make before we head off to Chinchon. A special birthday shout out to one of our younger listeners, to Lottie Pike, who's going to be celebrating her 18th birthday this week. I believe on Friday, on the 2nd of October, a little bird told me or (laughs) got in touch with me to ask if I could give you a shout out. Of course, it's great to have you listening to the podcast, Lottie. Muchas felicidades y que Disfrutes de tu día especial el viernes. Feliz cumpleaños. In Spain, they always say feliz cumpleaños y que cumplas muchos años más. And may you have or celebrate many, many, many more years. So, Lottie Pike, very happy birthday to you for Friday. I believe uh, Lottie is studying Spanish in the UK, the Spanish A-levels, the advanced level Spanish. I believe, if I remember correctly, that, uh, that Lottie's mum is a Spanish teacher. So let's go to Spain. Let's go to Chinchon. Immerse yourself in this beautiful, charming little town. Vamos. 
Hello, so you join me in Chinchon. I'm just sitting in the Plaza Mayor, Chinchon's main square. Now I've come to Chinchon because it's one of these easy day trips to make from Madrid. Uh, you may remember in the last episode uh, when I made the little trip to Aranjuez. Well, today I thought I'd do another little day trip out of Madrid to a real slice of España Profunda, I suppose, deep Spain, this tiny town of just over 5,000 inhabitants, about 45 kilometers southeast of Madrid in the Comarca of Las Vegas. So I've come to Las Vegas, but the Comarca of Las Vegas, uh, which is actually in the province of the community of Madrid. Comarcas are little subdivisions of the, of the provinces, of the provincias. Now I thought I'd put together a couple of little episodes of day trips out of Madrid. I'm sure I will do a few more over the coming months. The other reason is the interview uh, that I had lined up for this week's episode, the interview episode, um, has been postponed until later this week. So I've got several interviews lined up, but my uh, next one is actually delayed slightly. So I thought I'll do a little episode on Chinchon. I've never actually been to the centre of Chinchon before. I came here a couple of years ago to the outskirts of the town um, to go to a wedding. So I didn't see anything of the town itself and I certainly didn't see this beautiful Plaza Mayor. And I guess Chinchon is most famous, most well known for its very picturesque Plaza Mayor. Now it's a plaza, but it's not actually square. It's a kind of uneven circular shape, maybe almost like a semi-circular shape. And the most striking thing you notice is the beautiful galleried, balconied houses that surround all of the, all of the square, which are about three to four stories tall. Um, but they all have these beautiful wooden balconies which are painted a kind of bottle green color or sage green. And also these lovely staggered terracotta roofs as well. Now the square is built, I was going to say a ditch, but it's not a ditch. It's a kind of basin, I suppose. And of course, being the Plaza Mayor, it is the epicenter of the small town. All of these little narrow streets radiate out from the Plaza Mayor. Uh, the buildings themselves on the square date back to between the 15th and 17th century. And as you're sitting in the square as I am now, um, I must say, because underneath these houses, underneath these balconies in the arcades, there are, of course, little bars and cafes and restaurants. It's about uh, one o'clock in the afternoon. Not many people are about. Um, <laughs> There are about, I don't know, 20 people in total in this square milling around and, and sitting outside having a coffee. But when you're stood or sat in the square, the one thing that you notice dominating the square is the church of Nuestra Señora de la Asunción, which was built between the 15th and 16th centuries also. And inside, and I hope I can go in a little bit later, is uh, a very early work by the Spanish artist Goya, depicting the Assumption of the Virgin. I'm going to talk a bit more about the church and Goya a little bit later on, because there's a little connection with the painter Goya and Chinchon, in fact. Now, I haven't counted them, but they say there are 234 green wooden balconies on this square. Some of them have little green wooden balustrades or banisters, and some of them, uh, which I assume are a bit older, maybe have the sort of wrought iron metal uh, balustrades. Lovely sunny uh, early afternoon here. It's actually getting quite warm. Other curious thing about 
the Plata Mayor here in Chinchon is that it's sort of multi-purpose. Um, it's used for lots of different uh, events throughout the year, again, which I'll talk about uh, a bit later in the episode. But when you look at the square, there is something quite reminiscent of a bullring. And that is because the square is used as a bullring at different times of year, which I'll talk about later. In the middle of the square, there's a lamppost, an old-style lamppost, which is um, removable. So they remove the lamppost, they fence off the arcades of the square, and the middle of the square is turned into a bullring. And in fact, the middle of the square is not paved. It's sand and dust. So you can really imagine bullfights taking place uh, right here in the middle of the square. And I guess everyone in, in the little houses gets uh, a first-class seat to see, to see the bullfight. So as you walk around the square, you've got these old tabernas with these tiny little wooden doors, old wooden signs with grapes painted on them. Uh, La Taberna de Paichi. We've got Maison Chinchons, you've got these little tabernas and maisons. Um, very, very old school, very old fashioned. We've got Restaurante La Balconada. And so in some of these uh, balconies on the square, you can actually go up and eat on them. Uh, some of them belong to the uh, ground floor restaurants and bars. And you can go up and sit on these little balconies. In fact, just looking across the square from where I am now, there are around, I don't know, six balconies all with little tables and chairs on them on the third floor with a little red and white checked tablecloths. Nobody up there at the moment. Of course, it's one o'clock in the afternoon and there isn't much tourism at the moment, of course, here with uh, COVID-19. I've seen a couple of tourists, um, I think a couple of Chinese and Japanese, a couple of South Americans, and I think some local tourism, you know, from, from, from the surrounding area, perhaps, just because it's such an easy day trip to make from Madrid. I'll put, incidentally, listeners, the details of how to get here. So if you're ever in Madrid in the future and you want to make this little trip to Chinchon, I'll put details of the bus you need to catch, where you catch it from, prices, that kind of thing. But it takes about 45, 55, just under an hour, about 55 minutes. And I think a single ticket, I can't remember what I paid. I've got the ticket in my pocket, actually. I think it's four euros. Let's have a look. I've got the ticket here. It is four euros 20 for a, sing, for a single ticket. Four euros four euros 20 so again a really affordable day trip uh from the center and a com- and a world away an absolute world away this really does feel like stepping back in time this does feel like a slice of small town almost village i mean it feels like a big village rather than a town but very different kind of pace of life from the center of madrid when you step on the bus so as I said, the square is the nerve centre of the, of the town, dates back to the Middle Ages. Throughout the years, it's hosted royal announcements, mock spear combats, bullfights, of course, uh, livestock fairs, public executions, and there were even a few films shot right here in Chinchon, in the square here, in Plaza Mayor. Lots of Spanish films, and in fact, there were some American films shot here in Chinchon, in Plaza Mayor, where I'm standing, one of them was a western called The Magnificent Showman from 1964, starring none other than John Wayne and Rita Hayworth. So they trod the dust in the square here. I've never seen that film. Um, and another one from 1956, Around the World in 80 Days, uh, starring David Niven, 
Cantinflas and Shirley MacLaine. There's some minor claims to fame, I suppose, in the world of uh, cinema. So I'm going to go for a little bit more of a wander off the square, around the little back streets and up to the clock tower and the church that I mentioned. One thing I would like to say just before I set off is that uh, driving in on the bus uh, from uh, Madrid, you notice that Chinchon is surrounded by olive groves and vineyards, and it's quite well known for the local uh, olive oil. It's also very well known for garlic, and there's even a garlic festival that happens right here in Chinchon every year, um, which I'll talk a bit about later when I talk about food and drink. Uh, it, but it's also, yeah, famous for garlic, and it's also famous for this aperitif called Chinchon, which is actually anise. So it's a bit like uh, an aniseed liqueur. You see bottles of it lurking behind bars in the centre of Madrid, and it's actually called Chinchon. Um, I've never tried it, so I might go and get a little glass later on. Quite an interesting little story behind as well. Okay, let's go for a wander. Okay, so I'm following a little very steep cobbled street up the hill, away from the square to the town's clock tower and church. It is like for me, I mean the square, very typical Castilian central Spanish architectural styles I suppose but then as you walk around the little surrounding streets there's a little flavour of I don't know Pueblo Blanco little whitewashed Andalusian uh, villages so when you get to the Plaza Mayor from the bus stop it's not difficult to find it's about a five ten minute walk and then when you get to the Plaza Mayor everything is pretty well signposted. In fact, you can't miss the clock tower and the church from the square. And as you climb up, as I'm doing now, you get these fantastic views right across the town and it really just gives you an idea of how, <laughs> how tiny the place is. You can see basically the whole town, yeah, jumble of terracotta rooftops. And, uh, and then beyond, <laughs> nothing just brown parched plains dotted with olive groves from where i'm standing now just got this beautiful view of kind of cream and white little houses terracotta roofs lots of tv aerials everywhere and as i look around into the distance beyond the town just rolling hills and plains sort of dotted with immaculate rows of of olive trees and vineyards really idyllic really really idyllic place um, and i must say that i'm here on a wednesday and so you know it's very quiet i could imagine that this place gets busy in times of no covid and i imagine it gets busy you know in the tourist season spring through to autumn particularly on weekends and it's quite a common uh, day trip for madrileños to make on a on a saturday to come here for an afternoon probably to eat and um, but at the moment it's, it's it's very quiet i mean it really is very very quiet so i've climbed up to la iglesia de nuestra señora de la asunción uh, it's beautiful 
golden almost like sandstone colored church which dominates the plaza mayor just from the side of the church where i'm standing i've got a great view directly down into the square and i can see all of the green balconies of course um there is a little saying about chinchon and it says chinchon has a tower without a church and a church without a tower well the uh, iglesia de nuestra señora does not have a clock tower, interestingly, um, but just one street away from the uh, church, there is a clock tower, but the clock tower is not a church, if you see what I mean. So the church itself was uh, started in 1534, a project by Alonso de Covarrubias, and it was completed in 1626. And in fact, the Count of Chinchon at the time contracted uh, a number of the construction workers, I suppose we could call them, who also built the famous monastery uh, at El Escorial. The style of the building, as I said, it's very square. It doesn't have uh, a clock tower. A beautiful kind of white and cream and uh, kind of chocolate coloured mottled wall uh, built from huge uh, square blocks uh, kind of a mixture of gothic renaissance and baroque styles the most interesting thing about it i think is that inside there's a piece of work an early piece of work by francisco de goya we all know goya who painted a piece of work called La Asunción de la Virgen, uh, which is located right across the, uh, the centre of the altar, and he completed that piece of work in 1812. Why in this church, in the small town of Chinchon, did Goya decide to paint this piece for the church here? Well, Goya's brother, Camilo, was the chaplain at this church, and it was actually his brother, Camilo, who commissioned him to paint the piece. Now, I'm just seeing the door is closed. There's a little chime from the clock tower, which is just the other side of a little leafy square next to the church. The door is closed. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get in there, which is a real shame. I'm going to try and push the door to see if I, walk, I can walk in. Uh, on the door, it's got the times of times of mass, las misas, horario de misas. I don't know if I'm going to go in. I might go and try and push the door in a minute. Got beautiful garland around the door, wreath of looks like ivy with yellow and white lilies and just going back to Goya's brother Camilo there is a house in the town where Goya used to stay when he came to visit his brother Camilo um, who was of course the chaplain here and uh, you'll notice if you go to the Prado Museum in Madrid that Goya fairly extensively painted the Counts of Chinchon so he had some kind of quite close affiliation here, guessing because Camilo, his brother, was the chaplain of the church here. Um, I imagine that he spent a lot of time here in Chinchon, Goya. I know that from my research, he was very taken with the Plaza Mayor. So just going back to the church then, um, it's got two side chapels. And the interesting thing about the two side chapels is that they were actually used as prison cells during the Spanish Civil War. Okay, I'm going to try and push the door. Very locked. What a shame. I would have liked to have seen this, uh, this piece of early work by Goya. Oh well. Let's wander over to the clock tower. And in between the church 
and the clock tower. You've got this lovely little uh, ornate leafy square and on the square is El Teatro de Lope de Vega, the Lope de Vega Theatre. Very small. And then on the little surrounding streets, you've got these just beautiful little whitewashed two, three story townhouses with these higgledy piggledy terracotta roofs, balconies, the wrought iron black railings across the windows, you've got the green shutters. Just looking up at a beautiful little balcony, someone's house there, wicker furniture out on their balcony, and they've got uh, loads of pots of aspidistra plants. I mean, this is just a typical scene from a Spanish village. And then the entrance to the house, the door's open and in front of the door, you've got those beads, those long beads, beige colored beads, which are hanging down, obviously to stop the flies getting in. And there's no one around. Listen. The wind, a bit of wind blowing now because I'm a bit higher up. So here we are, Torre del Reloj, the clock tower. Um, and as I said, you've got this famous saying, although I'd never heard it before, about Chinchon. And it's got it written here on this little plaque I'm reading. It says, Chinchon tiene una torre sin iglesia y una iglesia sin torre. It's got a, a tower without a church and a church without a tower. So the Torre del Reloj is basically the remains of a former church, a church which was older than the other one, uh, older than Nuestra Señora de la Asunción. And while well, it suffered a lot of <laughs> attacks and problems, so it dated back to the 15th century and it was called Nuestra Señora de Gracia. And uh, it was destroyed during the War of Independence, so at least the church was, the tower's still there today. And it was restored various times. And then in the 16th century, the uh, clock was inserted into the tower. In 1808, it suffered numerous fires caused by the Napoleonic troops pushing their way through the Iberian Peninsula. And today, if you look at the tower, which is uh, the lower half of the tower is sort of made of the same color, this golden, it's not sandstone, it's a golden color. And then the top two thirds of the tower are built out of this typical thin red brick that you find all over central Spain and it's got a bell inside an arch at the top of the tower. You can see from looking at the side of the tower where the church would have joined on, I suppose, would have, would have connected on to the clock tower. The lovely thing about this uh, part of the town, as I said, you've got great views, very peaceful and attractive square. So from the top of the uh, little hill where you have the clock tower and the church, you can see across the whole uh, town of Chinchon and just across into the distance to the right hand side, as you're looking at Plata Mayor, you will see the remains of a castle in a very bad state of repair. In fact, it's derelict. You can't go inside and visit it. Um, and in fact, from where I'm standing, it doesn't really look like there's much to see. Um, you can see basically the, the towers or the turrets on each corner of the castle complex are almost completely destroyed. There's one that's almost intact and known locally as the Castillo de Chinchon de los Condes of the Counts. And it's where the Counts used to reside. The current castle was actually preceded by an old 
older castle which was built at the end of the 15th century which was destroyed by commoners in 1521 after a long siege siege of Chinchon and uh, the the castle that's there today or really the remains of the castle that's uh, that are there today uh, were built in the late 16th century on the ruins of the former castle by the third Earl of Chinchon Don Diego Fernandez de Cabrera um, apparently one of the most powerful men of his time at the beginning of the 18th century during the war of the uh, Spanish succession the castle was looted and left abandoned one century later it was burned by a Polish brigade fighting for the French during the war of independence and in the last part of the century Chinchon Castle was home to a famous bodega yes a famous bodega bodega uh, distilling what well anise this uh, famous Chinchon uh, aperitif uh, the uh, aniseed liqueur uh, and that's where they where they made it in the castle so I'm going to wander back down to the square and I think I'm going to order myself a little snack and uh, maybe try a little glass of this uh, anise liqueur Hola, quería probar el chinchón dulce. ¿El chinchón una copita? Sí. ¿Cómo se toma? ¿Con, con hielo o con café? El o... chinchón dulce con hielo. Venga, copita. venga. Voy a probar y luego, no sé, voy a picar algo. No sé, gracias. gracias. Muchas gracias. Ya lo vas a probar. A ver. <risa> So I'm now sitting back on Plaza Mayor. Uh, it's certainly picked up a bit, as you probably can hear. Uh, it's quarter past two now. So lunchtime's just about starting. A lot more people sitting out on the uh, terrazas in the Plaza Mayor. And I've just uh, ordered myself, of course, got to try it, a glass of chinchon or a glass of anise comes in a little curved schooner glass and I've ordered the sweet version. The sweet version you have with an ice cube, so a big ice cube in it, quite a generous amount. It must be about 300 mils of this neat spirit in the glass. I have a little taste. Mm. Oof. Yeah, it's, it's quite strong, but it's actually very sweet. Um, yeah, it's not bad. It's not something I think I would choose to drink regularly, but it's certainly not horrible. Um, quite like it. It's uh, yeah, sweet aniseed liqueur, and it's been produced in the town of Chinchon right here for centuries and centuries. And uh, you can get bottles of sweet dulce, which is what I'm having. You can get seco or you can get extra seco. I think the seco and the extra seco are even stronger in terms of alcohol content than the sweet version. Although having said that, I don't know how many degrees of alcohol this sweet version has that I'm drinking. Um, but it became famous in Chinchon. Now the story is a little bit confusing, but apparently um, it was the Countess of Chinchon who was responsible for the discovery of quinine. Um, I thought it was somebody else. I thought it was a British discovery, quinine, from the tonic water of uh, sailors going backwards and forwards on boats between Britain and uh, India. Anyway, I don't know. According to the research I've done, the Countess of Chinchon was responsible for the discovery of quinine, which was isolated by Pietier and Caventou in 1820. 
Uh, apparently the wife of the Viceroy of Peru had been cured of a tropical fever in the 17th century thanks to a remedy prepared by the indigenous locals of Peru and uh, uh, she had some brought back to Europe and it was the Swedish scientist Linné who gave it the scientific name of Chinchona in the honour of the Countess of Chinchon. Who knows? All I do know is you're going to find it everywhere in Chinchon. You can see it, uh, you can buy it in shops by the bottle, you can order it in all the bars here. And I will say that it's something that's really, really common to see in Madrid. It's common to see in Madrid, i.e. it's common to see bottles of it lurking, you know, behind the bar, in, especially in your traditional Castizo bars in Madrid, and in other parts of Spain as well, I suppose. I very rarely see anyone drinking it. Um, well, I mean, I would say I very rarely see younger people drinking it. Uh, you might see uh, some old, older, elderly gentlemen propping up the bar, drinking this clear spirit. It, it is... Uh, as clear as water when it comes but anyway I've never seen younger people drinking it and it's certainly not I wouldn't say particularly common to see people drinking it although it is very very traditional in this part of Spain. Uh, for those of you who know France um, it's very very similar to the aperitif that they drink there uh, called pastis, rica as well, quite commonly drunk when I've been to Paris I suppose um, and as my ice cube is melting it's going that nice cloudy milky color they don't serve it with water here and i know that in france they usually serve it with a little jug of water and you add your own water to the drink so just while i'm sitting on this terrafa right here i'm a sunny plaza mayor sipping my anise watching the world go by it's definitely worth mentioning that any listeners who are you know planning or have the opportunity to come to chinchon in the future it's very very well known for its local festivals. Uh, they are a really big draw, certainly for people who live in Madrid or nearby. And the two of the biggest festivals that are held here in Chinchon are, of course, the festival of the anise drink and the local wine. That takes place at the end of March. And, interestingly, the garlic festival. I don't know why garlic specifically is a big deal here in Chinchon but uh, Chinchon garlic is uh, very well known certainly in the Madrid area and they have a festival which takes place um, I think in the second week of October, every October, I think it's the first or second week of October um, although I, I don't know whether, that, although I doubt that's uh, going to happen this year or certainly not of the the scale that it normally happens so Anise festival and uh, the garlic festival in February the square also hosts uh, a large carnival and a huge medieval market which features parades and arts and crafts market and the event commemorates one of the times the Catholic monarchs visited Chinchon and in August you have the local fiestas the local parties and that is the time when the square here is converted into a bull ring so obviously hosting bullfights I know that that's not really my thing <laughs> but just to say that bullfights are hosted here right in the square and they also have a small version of the running of the bulls. In October um, they have the bullfighting charity festival apparently which is just after the garlic festival when around 250 locals take part in the reenactment of the passion of Jesus.
So that concludes my little walk around Chinchon. I hope you enjoyed it. One thing that I didn't mention, actually, while I was there, which is worth mentioning, is that in Chinchon there is a parador. Uh, it is called the Parador de Chinchon, and it's located in a former Augustinian monastery. And I walked past the outside of it. It looks absolutely beautiful, like all paradors do. So if you're looking for a bit of luxury accommodation and you want to treat yourself in Chinchon, then uh, the Parador is definitely a good option. It's about a five-minute walk from the Plaza Mayor. And just in case you're not sure what a Parador is, um, well, basically, there are a network of uh, luxury hotels all around Spain. And, well, all of them are located in historic buildings, convents, monasteries, fortresses, palaces, castles, all of these kinds of places. They're usually really, really beautiful, have loads of history and heritage behind them. And, uh, well, they're luxury. They're luxury hotels. So they're not necessarily cheap, but you can check out the Parador's uh, website. And occasionally they do have special offers. But if you want to get a little flavour of the Parador, you can actually go into them and just have, you know, a drink maybe at the bar or go and dine in the restaurants in the Paradors as well. So how do you get to Chinchon? It's really quite straightforward. Um, you need to take a bus. There are no trains that go there, um, but you can take a bus from the centre of Madrid or more or less the centre of Madrid. In Madrid, you need to find a place called Conde de Casal. Conde de Casal. So you can take the metro there. It's on line six on the grey circular line. Come out of Conde de Casal uh, metro station and there's quite a large outdoor bus terminus sort of close to the roundabout there. There are lots of bus stops. It's a bit confusing. I had to ask a couple of people to find the right stop, if I'm honest. Um, but the bus you need is bus 337. Bus 337 from Conde de Casal, and it takes about 45 minutes. Lovely ride through the countryside. Stops off in a few other little uh, very small towns or villages, really, along the way. Uh, nice views of vineyards and olive groves as well. And there are two stops in Chinchon. The first one is on the outside of the town, but you need to get off at the second one, which is nearer the centre of the town. And it's really obvious. You can you can tell which one you need to get off at. So there you go. 45 minutes. And the cost, I think, as I said in the episode, is €4.20 each way. So 8.40 for a return ticket. And the buses run pretty much all day until quite late at night, I think until at least midnight. My advice with Chinchon really is that you don't need an entire day there. So that will just about round it up for this week's episode. One thing I would like to ask of you guys, the listeners, as a little favour, and some of you may have seen that I dropped this in the uh, Facebook group last week, is if you do enjoy the podcast, I would be really grateful if you could leave a little review on the podcast platform where you listen. Now, I know not all of the podcast platforms give you the option to leave reviews, um, but I think you can leave reviews certainly on some of the Android podcast platforms, and you can definitely leave reviews on the Apple or iTunes podcast platforms. Um, and I'm particularly interested in the Apple iTunes podcast platforms and reviews on there. Why? Because the way Apple's algorithm works is that uh, when people subscribe or leave a review, it pushes 
the podcast up the charts on Apple. So it starts appearing higher up when people start searching for podcast about Spain. The more subscription, more people click on the subscribe button, which doesn't mean you have to pay. It just means that you subscribe to the podcast and it downloads automatically whenever I hit publish in my end. It pushes it up the charts, basically, gives it more visibility, helps more people discover it. And that's what I would really like and need. So if it's not too much trouble for someone while you're listening to this episode, in fact, or while you're listening to any episode, episodes just to take two minutes just to drop a couple of sentences review about your thoughts on the podcast I'm also of course open to any constructive criticism as well but don't be too harsh Um, if you'd like to do something in a small way to help the podcast please consider leaving a small review and on that note thank you to those guys who did leave a review thanks to Olwyn and Chris and Marina who all left reviews I think on uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes so thanks to you guys and uh, also why not head over to the When in Spain website which is whenispainpodcast.com and you'll find more extensive details about the podcast episodes there if you want to see photos that relate to the episode so you want to put some pictures to the mental images that I try to create or you want to see the person that I'm talking to in the episode and see what they look like that's all there on the When in Spain website wheninspainpodcast.com and I'm in the process of going through all of the past episodes and uploading more extensive detailed show notes with links and photos and little videos and things like that Okay, guys, I'm going to leave it there. Next episode, got a great interview, really interesting interview uh, lined up for the next episode. So stay tuned for that. Until then, as always, hasta luego. 